Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. Are you ready for what your pastor never told you about the book of Revelation, chapter 12? That's coming up next. Make sure to visit whatyourpastorneverToldyou.com. Hey everybody, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible study today. I am so excited to have you be a part of our Bible study today. I've been so looking forward to with great anticipation this video that we are doing today. I'm so excited about it. If you're new here, consider subscribing down below because you are not going to want to miss a single video from this series of End Times Bible Prophecy. If you have missed videos so, so far, I will provide a link for you. You just click the little I button up in the corner here and you will be able to catch up on any of the videos that you have missed in this series. You will want to watch them from beginning to end because they do build on one another. So that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into the scriptures today. Up until now, we've been reading through the book of Revelation. The Apostle John has been getting visions from heaven, and some of the visions contain events that appear to be in some type of order. That's why they've been given numbers, one through seven. We have two series of events that have happened so far. We've had the seals, and we've had the trumpets. And so we have some people call them seal judgments and trumpet judgments. I don't, because the scripture actually doesn't refer to them as judgments. It does talk about the trumpets as being plagues, but it doesn't talk about them being judgments. There may be a difference, there may be not, but we have talked about those events so far. Here we get to a passage that is, indif is different from what we've had so far, and it doesn't appear that this is happening chron chronologically after the trumpets. This seems like something that may be an overarching theme, even spanning centuries or millennia, but we're going to read what is happening in the heavens. Let's check it out. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. One thing that I do want you guys to know about the stars is that, yes, there is a certain type of star forecasting that is not correct, and that would be astrology. This is not astrology that's being talked about here. It's talking about astronomy. God says in Genesis, I believe it was in the very first chapter, that he put the sun, moon, and stars in the skies to let us know the appointed times and the appointed seasons. So it's talking about not only the feasts, but about his special events that are happening. He used stars and special signs in the sky when Jesus came the first time. He's going to do the same when Jesus comes back a second time. It is not astrology to be looking for the signs that God himself foretold. Secondly, I want to address a scripture that a lot of people take out of context and use when people start talking about signs in the heavens. And they take a, t a scripture out of Matthew. So in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, it says this, then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered and said, 
to them, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was in three days and three nights in the belly of the, of the sea monster, or the fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus is, is correcting the Pharisees and the, sad, and the scribes for asking for a sign. And so many People, many Christians unknowingly take this verse out of context and they want to say when anyone's talking about a sign in the heavens, oh, a wicked and evil generation looks for a sign. But let's look back a little further in this chapter and see what's really going on. In verse 22, it says that a demon man was possessed who was blind and mute and was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw and all the crowds were amazed saying, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man casts out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Later, Jesus even corrects them and says that any sin can be forgiven except blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And so he's correcting the Pharisees and Sadducees who are blaming a miracle done by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're blaming it on Satan and demonic power. And Jesus said that sin will never be forgiven. So it's very serious. What I'm trying to share with you guys is Jesus was giving signs. He was doing signs and miracles and wonders right in front of their very eyes. But later on, right down here, just after all this, he talks about the unpardonable sin and he talks about good character and bad character. It's all part of the same context. That's when the Pharisees say, okay, well then, show us a sign. Like, God, perform on demand for me. Like, we're somehow in authority over God. And we can say, okay, God, you're the genie in the bottle. Do a trick for me if you're really God. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. And so Jesus calls them out, and he calls them a wicked, evil, and adulterous generation. But that doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't giving signs. And it also doesn't mean that Jesus is not going to fulfill the signs that he promised he would fulfill. And so we are not an evil or adulterous generation when we look for the fulfillment of his word, of his prophecies, you guys. So don't let people take that verse out of context with you. Don't let them get away with it because that's not what the Bible's talking about there. Okay, let's continue on in the book of Matthew because I really want you to see how there is thematic unity. There is a theme going on about the end days being like a woman coming into labor. So let's check out this theme. In the Gospels, Jesus tells the disciples what to expect because they specifically say, what is the sign of your coming going to be in the end of the age? And so while he's talking to them about it, he doesn't just give them the sign. He tells them what else is going to happen even before the sign happens. He gives them lots of details. And so it's a timeline for us to check out and study. And it helps us to understand the book of Revelation and end times. But notice here it says, Jesus said to them, see to it no one, in verse 4, see to it no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginnings of birth pangs. So he's saying these things are just the beginning, and they're going to get basically more intense and more intense, just like a labor gets more and more and more intense until the birthing of the new age to come, the millennial reign of Christ, our Lord Jesus. Let's check out what other prophets had to say about this um, 
labor idea. Okay, so check out this. This is in Isaiah 26, verse 18. We were pregnant, we writhed in labor, we gave birth, as it seems, only to the wind. We could not accomplish deliverance for the earth, nor were the inhabitants of the world born. Your dead will live, their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust, awake and shout for joy. For your dew is as the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Okay, before we continue on a little bit further here, this is really interesting because Israel knows that through them, Salvation is supposed to come to the earth, but through them on their own, they gave birth to the wind. But it's only through Jesus, only through Jesus that salvation comes. It says, so we were pregnant and we writhed in labor. We gave birth as it seems only to the wind. We could not accomplish deliverance for the earth. Israel couldn't do it alone. They needed the Savior. They needed the Messiah. And then look, it says, your dead will live, their corpses will rise. What does that sound like? That sounds like in the last days when the rapture, when the resurrection and rapture event happen. They're, they're two events together in the scriptures. Your dead will live, their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust will awake and shout for joy. For your dew is like the dew of the dawn and the earth will give birth to its departed spirits. Come, my people, enter your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until indignation runs its course. For behold, the Lord is about to come out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and will no longer cover her slain. Okay, so this really, really, really sounds like the last days. It sounds like the resurrection and rapture event where we are caught up to be with the Lord, gathered with him. And why does it say? It says, come my people and enter into your rooms, close the doors behind you, hide for a little while until indignation or God's wrath runs its course. For behold, the Lord is about to come out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and will no longer cover her slain. Okay, so we see again how this idea of labor and birth is associated with the end of days, the return of the Lord, the ushering in of this new millennial reign. Okay, see what else? Let's see what else we got. Jeremiah chapter 4. This is talking about the judgment of the Lord, and you can read the whole chapter for yourself, but for the sake of time, we're just going to skip ahead to verse 23. But I looked and beheld on the earth, and behold, it was formless and void, and of the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking. So this is really interesting because remember when we talked earlier about patterns and how what God did before he will do again? And we see in Genesis, the earth was without form and void and had no light. And look at what happens here. The earth is formless and void and the heavens, they had no light. And we have talked in previous videos. And if you haven't seen it yet, click up here and watch the video on celestial darkening. What is going to happen? The sign of the return of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the celestial darkening. So here we see the heavens, they had no light. And I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and the hills moved to and fro. And I looked, and beheld, there was no man. All the birds of the heavens fled. And I looked, and beheld, and the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were pulled down. 
before the Lord, before his fierce anger. Thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation, yet I will not execute a complete destruction. For this earth shall mourn, and the heavens above be dark, because I have spoken, I have purposed, and I will not change my mind, nor will I turn from it. So we had seen in this other video about the celestial darkening that's going to happen. We read about that in other scriptures, but we did not cover this scripture here. Again, talking about this darkness, and it's relating it to mourning. Like when you grieve over the death of someone, you wear black and you wear dark, dark clothing. And in this way, God is causing even the celestial stars and sun and moon to be grieving and to be wearing dark. Because I have spoken, I have purposed it, and I will not change my mind, nor will I turn from it. At the sound of the horsemen and the bowmen, every city flees. They go into the thickets and climb among the rocks. This sounds just like Revelation in some parts. Every city is forsaken. So when these earthquakes happen, high-rise buildings are not a safe place to be. So when everything, the earth is shaking, what's it going to cause people to do? To run to run to hide. And it says, And no man dwells in them. And you, O desolate one, what will you do? Although you dress in scarlet, although you decorate yourself with ornaments of gold, although you enlarge your eyes with paint. In other words, you're dressing like a harlot. You're putting all your makeup on, putting on your gold and your jewelry. You're, you're, you're wearing scanty clothes. It says, you, In vain you make yourself beautiful and your lovers despise you. They seek for your life. They seek your life. For I heard a cry as of a woman in labor, the anguish as of one giving birth to her first child, the cry of the daughter of Zion, gasping for breath, stretching out her hand, saying, Ah, woe is me, faint before murderers. Again, we're seeing end times imagery linked with this woman giving birth. Let's see what else there is. Okay, let's check out. This is pretty interesting right here. Micah chapter 4, verse 1. And it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. So here the beginning is the last days. It will come about in which days? The last days. The mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and and the peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us about his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion will go forth the law, even the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Amen. And he will judge between many peoples and render decisions for mighty distant nations. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares. In other words, they're going to take their weapons and turn them into farming tools. This sounds like the millennial reign to me. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they train for war. Each of them will sit under his own vine and under his fig, uh, under his fig tree with no one to make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, though all the peoples walk, each in the name of his God. As for us, we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, forever and ever. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble, I will assemble the lame and gather the outcasts and even those whom I have afflicted, and I will make the lame a remnant and the outcasts a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them from Mount Zion, from now on and forever. As for you... 
tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion. To you it will come. Even the former dominion will come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, why do you cry out loudly? Is there no king among you? Or has your counselor perished? That agony has gripped you like a woman in childbirth? Writhe and labor and give birth, daughter of Zion, like a woman in childbirth. For now you will go out of the city, dwell in the field, and go to Babylon. There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you from the hand of your enemies. And now many nations have been assembled against you who say, Let her be polluted, and let our eyes gloat over Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord, and they do not understand his purpose, for he has gathered them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise and thresh, daughter of Zion. For your horn, that's talking about their strength, I will make like iron, and your hooves I will make like bronze that you may pulverize many peoples, that you may devote to the Lord their unjust gain and their wealth to the Lord of the earth. So he's going to cause Zion to triumph over these nations that have come against, come against them. And notice again the imagery of the woman giving birth. He's telling Israel to give birth. And it says, now muster yourselves in troops, daughter of troops. They have they have laid siege against us. With a rod they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be the ruler of Israel. So again, this is speaking of Jesus because he was the judge of Israel who they smote on the cheek. And also he was the one born from Bethlehem. It says out of you. You know, too little to be even among the clans of Judah. One is going to go forth from me to be the ruler of Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Speaking of Jesus' eternality, that he is from forever. <laughs> there was no beginning. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who was in labor has born a child. Hmm. So giving them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child. The majority of the Israelites rejected Jesus. The, there were some in Israel that were among the first fruits of believers in Jesus. But the Pharisees corrupted many and many did not believe. And there was a temporary hardening of hearts. There was a temporary blinding of eyes for those who would not receive Messiah, who were not looking for Messiah. But there's going to be a time when their eyes are opened. And isn't it interesting that right here it says, therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. When the Assyrian invades our land. Now the Assyrian is also mentioned as being the Antichrist. So we believe that the Antichrist will be from Assyria. And it says, and Assyria um, was part of Turkey actually. It was part of Asia Minor. So we expect it will, he will probably come from Asia Minor. When the Assyrian invades our land, when he tramples on our citadels, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight leaders of men, and they will shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword. 
the land of Nimrod, at its entrances, and he will deliver us from the Assyrian when he attacks our land and when he tramples our territory. Okay, the rest of that verse is really exciting, or the rest of that chapter is really exciting, and I encourage you to read it on your own, but for the sake of time, we're going to cut that short today. You guys, I am so excited because you can see how these passages of Scripture continue to point to this giving of birth of a child, this woman in labor, talking about the end times and talking about the ushering in, back in, of the people of Israel. So you're not going to want to miss out what happens next in Revelation chapter 12. But for the sake of time, we have to take a break right now. We're going to come right back to that. But don't forget to subscribe down below if you haven't already, because you're not going to want to miss the second half of Revelation chapter 12, because we've just scratched the surface. And we're going to talk about the sign that's coming up in the heavens. And is it the sign that the Lord spoke about in Revelation chapter 12? We're going to find that out in our upcoming videos. Until next time, I'm Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.